What is up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. I'm here with an old friend, Kate Yahara from All In Wellness. Kate, how are you doing today? Hey, Kevin. I am doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Raleigh, North Carolina. So uh, it's a great day. Thanks for having me. For sure. Thank you so much for joining me today. We go back all the way back to Cedarville University days. Yeah, 2005, the- our freshman year. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So um, tell us a little bit about your background, both, or I guess, academically, professionally, and then as it relates to uh, fitness and the health and wellness industry. Yeah, sure thing. So um, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, actually. I was there for about 13 years, and I transitioned down to Indiana when I was around 13 years old. Um, My sister got a scholarship at Cedarville University. Uh, in Ohio. Uh, so that's how I found Cedarville University was through my my older sister. Um, but growing up, I was really active as a kid. My mom and dad had me in gymnastics at a young age. Um, it's a, I could have gone the competitive route, but as most people know, gymnastics is a, a very stressful sport. Uh, so we decided that it wasn't a good fit for me. But thankfully, my my parents kept me in organized sports at a young age. You know, I played indoor, outdoor soccer, basketball, softball, volleyball. Um, but organized sports for me pretty much ended around the time I was 15. Um, however, my mother, uh, she's a big part of my story when it comes to health and wellness and my interest in exercise. Um, but she started her first, uh, she opened her first Curves for Women franchise back in 2001. Uh, so around the time I was 14, 15, and uh, that's really what sparked my interest in exercise. I was out on that little circuit early on when I was again, about 15 years old, helping coach the women. Uh, I love the idea of uh, efficient and functional strength training, you know, keeping it simple uh, three times a week, 30 minutes each each session. Uh, so really that catapulted me into majoring in exercise science uh, at Cedarville University. Um, and then from Cedarville, uh, initially, I did start as a biology major, um, but then I found that, you know, my, my passion was more specific to exercise and sports science. So took on the opportunity sophomore year to go through the exercise science program. Super thankful for it. You know, met, met you, Kevin, and a lot of other really great people uh, in the industry. Uh, so once I graduated uh, Cedarville, uh, I became a personal trainer and I went back to living in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I was a personal trainer at a, at a lifetime fitness for a little while. So, um, that's, that's where it took me, took me from there. Nice. So what I find really funny about, uh, how our paths have crossed or have, uh, at least crossed in very, very similar areas was, uh, obviously at Cedarville, but then uh, in between my junior and senior year, I came down here to Dallas to do uh, my undergrad internship at the Cooper Aerobics Center. Mm -hmm. And then um, senior year, once we were all back at Cedarville, I think you and I kind of had a conversation about internships and you were like, hey, you know, do you think that they would take me at Cooper? And I was like, don't even worry about it. Let, let I me was talk. so nervous. 
<laughs> let me talk to the intern coordinator. And uh, sure enough, Holly, good old Holly, she was like, mm-hmm. Kevin, Kevin, you let me know. You, I think you were the best intern ever. So you just let oh, me know. Is she going to hack it here? And I was like, Holly, she's going to do awesome. So you, uh, you got to intern at Cooper as well. And um, uh, then you went to Indianapolis. And then I think as you were leaving Indianapolis, I moved to Indianapolis mm-hmm. to do my uh, graduate school internship uh, right. with the Indiana Invaders. So it's funny how we kind of initially were in the same place mm-hmm. and then went to similar areas and uh, for very different reasons and, and all that. Yeah. But um, definitely. Yeah. Cooper Robic Center. Yeah. I'll always be thankful to you for that intro. That was a fantastic opportunity. And that continued to layer on my interest in specifically female fitness, because mm-hmm. I was a big part of um, the female fitness program that they had there during my time um, and really had such a great opportunity to layer on that knowledge and, you know, continue to bring me uh, where I am today as far as my interest in in working with women. So absolutely. Yeah, our paths have crossed numerous times over the years. So it's it's cool to see for that. Sure. Yeah, one thing, like, I thought Cooper was super, super formative for um, for even where I am today. Like, there's never a straight line path from where you are right now to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it always kind of is a zigzag. But just about everybody that I know of who has been at Cooper in some capacity has been like, yeah, my eyes were open to this concept or to these ideas or mm-hmm. to this part of the industry that um yeah there's so much going on there and it really I is loved it. yeah yes so thankful for that absolutely yeah it definitely was uh, a good transition to go from such a uh, high caliber place like Cooper Aerobic Center and then being able to have the confidence to go into a lifetime fitness you know fresh out at at 22 and be able to actually manage a, a 100% uh, commission-based job, you know, that's, it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, mm-hmm. and I definitely am, am thankful for, for that transition, um, for sure, you know, so actually after lifetime fitness and that this might lead us into another unique conversation, uh, cause I ended up coming down to Texas where you were, uh, I think you were in Dallas when I was in Austin, I might have that timeline mixed up a little bit. Um, but after about a year of, of personal training at lifetime fitness, I knew there was um, another adventure, if you will, that I wanted to take. Uh, I was very, also, I was also very interested in, in food. Uh, mm-hmm. So after a year at Lifetime Fitness, I decided to um, approach a culinary school program. So I actually found a plant-based uh, culinary program down in Austin, Texas. Uh, I don't know if I would ever live in Austin, Texas. Uh, <laughs> it's my friend and I always described it as uh, when we were riding our bikes, uh, riding through a, um, a riding through a town that you basically had a hot towel on you with a hot fan blowing on you. <laughs> yeah, but hot um, and humid in central Texas, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely. So you just kind of spur of the moment decided to do this whole plant-based thing, right? You, it had never been a part of your past before that. Is that correct? <laughs> um, not a 
culinary program, if you will. But um, no, I'm glad you brought me back to that. Actually, when I was a freshman in college, my mom was really interested in pursuing a vegan diet. She has a chronic respiratory issue. And she at the time was just willing to do anything she could to help figure that out. So uh, she found some different programs related specifically to a vegan plant-based diet. So I guess it was 2006. Uh, I think it was the spring break of my freshman year at Cedarville. Uh, I said, mom, I'll do, you know, I'll do a vegan diet with you for, for a week. Uh, and <laughs> I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, and then after that week, I, I actually just never went back to eating animal protein at the time. So that did get me really interested in veganism and uh, plant-based eating. Uh, so I was actually very strict vegan for about five years. So 2006 to 2011, uh, we bought all the cookbooks. We, uh, we actually even took a trip out to California to visit a well-known doctor in the plant-based space. Uh, so that was a really, really unique uh, opportunity. And just, again, the layering of knowledge over the last 15 years is what I believe has fueled such a strong, sustainable, and healthy lifestyle that uh, I live as well as that I'm able to offer to my family. Uh, but yes, so absolutely, that is what fueled that interest into going to a plant-based culinary school. What's interesting though, is I went to culinary school um, in 2011 and it was at that time because it wasn't 100% vegan, it did have eggs, it did have dairy. Uh, mm. At that time is pretty much when I started transitioning out of strict veganism and in, more into vegetarianism mm -hmm. um, while still minimizing the amount of dairy products that I consumed. It just was never a, a a food group that really worked well for me. I had a lot of stomach issues when I was a young girl. Uh, so pretty much taking dairy out of my diet for strict five years did wonders for my gut health. Mm -hmm. um, but I was able to introduce it back in in small amounts and not feel as many repercussions, which was really encouraging. You know, it was really freeing um, that I didn't have to be so particular when I went to someone's house or went out to a restaurant and have a this this eerie feeling of, am I going to be sick later on? So mm -hmm. that was really freeing. Um, so, you know, being so strict for five years, I think really did, did wonders, um, for, for my health. Uh, so when I went to culinary school, it was nice to be able to, you know, eat some eggs, a little bit of dairy and not be like, Oh my goodness, this is, this is the worst thing ever. I can't <laughs> believe people eat animal products. I was very strict. I don't really know how I came out of college with, with some friends, <laughs> but I got, I, brought, I got pretty crazy out there. And I, I know those college friends will, will know who I'm talking about. Well, um, I think, I think part of that is you kind of broke the mold on the whole idea of like, so, you know, there's these memes that are like, you know, uh, okay, so it's based off the movie Fight Club. Like, the first rule of Fight Club is mm -hmm. never talk about Fight Fight Club. Yeah. But, like, the meme is the first rule of CrossFit is you always have to talk about CrossFit. You have to talk about And it. then, yeah. like, with with veganism, like, mm -hmm. there's, there's memes like that, too. Like, the first rule of veganism is you have to tell everybody. So Everybody. Yeah, oh, so I yeah. think you didn't. <laughs> you didn't shut it down everybody's throat, you know, like, yeah. Hey, I'm a vegan. Like, yeah. You know, before you'd introduce yourself, Hey, I'm a vegan. Like that wasn't right. Me, so, right. Um, yeah. But the people I lived with, they were, they were pretty aware <laughs> as far as in college. 
<laughs> but they were always so amazing. When I would go to their house, they would make sure, you know, I had a, you know, a vegan dish or a non-dairy dish. So, um, I had some, I had some good people around me. Um, but yeah, you know, culinary school was amazing. We, we explored all, uh, we explored several different, uh, elements of eating. We focused on veganism, vegetarianism, macrobiotics, Ayurvedic cooking, as well as raw living. Uh, so when I graduated out of culinary school, I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to go back to the like fitness world and uh, apply what I had learned around the, the idea of food and the energetics of food or to mm-hmm. go into the actual um, restaurant industry. I did end up going the restaurant industry route, which was which was an interesting play considering the the restaurant and the bakeries that I got into were not vegan. <laughs> so <laughs> so that was an interesting transition. It wasn't quite a natural transition, but I did that for about a year and a half. I moved to Pennsylvania after Austin, Texas to be near my family. Um, but thankfully, I have a very, very good friend who I met in culinary school. Her name is Allison, and she currently runs um, her, her, her blog and her website, uh, natural tasty chef. Uh, she invited me out to live in California with her in 2013. And I was, I was her sidekick as she really, uh, got her personal chef business going. And that felt amazing. It was such a good opportunity to be able to, uh, work with her and learn that business. Uh, and then I did end up transitioning to where I'm at now, which is North Carolina. And when I first moved here, I did go back into personal training. So I jumped around a little bit, but still with the uh, overall arching theme of health and wellness, whether it be more on the fitness side or the food side. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to today, I still apply so much from what I learned um, from from culinary school, from, you know, Cedarville, Exercise Science, Cooper Aerobic Center. And again, that layering of experience has just been instrumental in in where I'm at today. So for sure. That's awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing in the industry and tell us, um, I guess, what your niche is and how you're different from, let's say, the average Instagram influencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm doing today, I'm not full time in the in the fitness industry. Uh, I am a I'm a mother. I have one daughter. She's almost five. She keeps me uh, very busy. She loves fitness. Actually, she's seen me work out from you know day one and just lead a very active lifestyle. And you know the importance of the the types of food that we eat. So um, that's my number one thing that I do is that I am a, a mother of of her and she's amazing. She helps me be stronger and a a better influence um, both for myself and for her and her future. Um, but outside of, you know, my full-time job in, in the, in the sales world, um, I have, um, my YouTube channel, uh, all Mm -hmm. in wellness. That's where you can find it. Uh, I feature at home full length workout videos back when I was expecting my little one. Um, and I transitioned out of full-time personal training, you know, going to a gym just wasn't feasible for me. Uh, so I had to make at-home workouts work. Uh, so over the past five years, I had um, followed other fitness professionals uh, in the industry who offered online, or sorry, at-home full-length workout videos on their YouTube channel. And it really just served me so well, you know, getting up at 5.45, 6 a.m., getting my 30-minute workout in, then the little one wakes up and, you know, we go about our day as far as work and daycare. Uh, mm-hmm. So after, you know, about 
I guess at that point, about four years of, um, of utilizing those workouts, you know, I felt it was time for, for me to give back to the community in, in some way. So mm-hmm. I launched my YouTube channel. My first workout was launched July 13th, 2019. So a little under a year, I guess, uh, a couple months after you started your podcast, uh, actually. So uh, I did take a couple months off, but I recently just um, posted a new a new video, so I'm really excited to be back publishing uh, at home full length workouts. And again, even even like this project, I make it I make it work for me. My the studio that I have set up, my background is actually in my living room. I you know I have um, where I live is a smaller space, so the entire living room is padded with with athletic pads, and I have a you know a setup and. <laughs> Got all my equipment there because, you know, it's really about what are you passionate about and what are you willing to do to make it work? Mm-hmm. So and again, this was just really important to me to create high quality um, fitness videos, both for uh, friends and family who may not have access to me, but who, you know, may text me or email me. Hey, what do you think about this? Or what's the best move for that? You know, I, mm-hmm. I wanted to create content and have a resource for people that would forever live on, you Mm -hmm. know? So, and I also, also in creating this workout channel is really important to me to have something for my little one to see in the years to come, you know, the importance of, of working on things that are important to you that are going to take time for you to be Mm -hmm. able to, you know, refine your craft and so forth. So that's what I'm doing on the side, uh, outside of my full-time sales position. But, um, yeah, my YouTube channel is very important to me. Um, so in saying that, as far as how my, what my niche is, uh, I would say primarily my focus has always been women, but I will say I design my workout to, to possibly still appeal to men. You know, I do, you know, dynamic warmups that would appeal to, you know, a man, um, not just female. So it's a, no, I mean, there's going to be certain moves, right? That, you know, maybe men are like, oh, I don't really want to do that move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I do design my workouts in mind that, hey, if I don't know what you're talking about. On my channel, you might want to do my workouts. <laughs> there, there are very few movements that I think should be segregated based on, <laughs> based on based certain on criteria gender. like gender. But, um, yeah, but I, I know get, exactly yeah. what you mean because I, yeah. There, there tends to be a, a bit of ego when it comes to, to men and mm-hmm. exercise, and and uh, I get it, I get it. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. But yeah. um, what what I really appreciate about the way that you're setting up your channel and and doing these videos is like there are a billion videos on YouTube that are you know. 30 seconds in length to maybe five minutes in length. Mm -hmm. And I know that because when I'm shooting exercise videos, I try to keep them in that, in that frame of time, let's say Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to do a, a recording of a full workout where Mm -hmm. you're not just doing the workout and Oh, by the way, there's a camera filming you like Mm -hmm. where you're actually coaching through the movements, Mm -hmm. explaining cues, uh, saying, you know, like, Hey, if this is too easy, here's how you can make it more difficult. If this is too hard, here's how you can make it more appropriate for your level of fitness and to do videos that are 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, etc. Like, uh, I don't think there's a lot of that available. So mm-hmm. I think that's really, really awesome. 
Um, and one reason why I thought it was important to have you on. So, um, so yeah, tell definitely. us, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about how you set up your programming for these workouts and, and what you kind of have planned for the future of the channel. Yeah, definitely. Really good questions. Um, so as far as how I program, you know, I do want to tap into what are people searching for on YouTube? Cause I don't want to just create these workouts and then no one be able to find them. So I do try to tune into what are keywords that, that people are searching for, um, what's not as popular on YouTube, but still has, you know, what has a, a high search volume, but lower content available or maybe what content is not optimized. So I am by no means a YouTube expert, but I do dial into those things to, you know, give me ideas for what, you know, should be working well. I'm also, you know, looking at what workouts are performing well on my channel. What are workouts that people want to see more of? So right now in the early stages, I am looking at what does, um, what are people searching for? What are people really enjoying on my channel? Um, but so as that's how, as far as I create, you know, this is why I did a 30 minute hit, you know, uh, dumbbell workout. Cause that's what people are searching for. But then mm-hmm. within that, you know, I program it in a way that, um, will either be full body, uh, you know, more of working the upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, the blood is flowing the entire time. We're mm. getting an efficient workout in, you know, if that way, if someone wants to go back to that single workout three times a week, you know, they've got three days of a solid workout under their belt versus, mm-hmm. you know, just doing an upper body workout or a lower body workout. Um, but I do have some, you know, just upper body workouts, just lower body, just core, because I still want to um, be able to be a resource for people who they may only have, they're just early in their their fitness journey. And, um, you know, maybe they can only do 15 minutes of upper, upper body workout. So I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm encouraging people on my channel by having a wide array of what's available. Uh, eventually what I would love to do is to provide a a six week, an eight week or a 12 week program. Um, that's a little bit more periodized, more, more, not customized to a person, but more, Hey, this is how we actually progress. Mm -hmm. Um, so putting progressions in there. So right now I don't have that, but that would definitely be something that I would be looking to create uh, and maybe I put in a way of, Hey, for, for 12 weeks, I'm going to be posting on my channel three times each week. That way, whenever you come to the channel, I can refer you, Hey, start at week one, day one, mm-hmm. and they can follow a calendar from there um, to promote their long-term fitness journey, as well as, you know, reduce the, the, Uh, chances of getting injured, right? So making sure that they're starting at the very beginning. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely more of a short long-term goal of mine to program something like that. And that way, when someone comes to me, Hey, Kate, you know, what should I do or where should I start? You know, I have a resource ready to go for them that, that makes sense as far as exercise progression goes. Yeah. That's, I think that's another area where like you can, you can open any fitness magazine and find a workout, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can look up a workout mm-hmm. online. Like you can find workouts anywhere. But as far as finding something that has 
progression and variation mm-hmm. with a lot of different exercise variables over the course of time where mm-hmm. you're not just changing the amount of weight, but you're changing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the work and the rest ratio. Mm-hmm. You're, in other words, you're changing how long you're resting. You're changing, mm-hmm. obviously, the weight. You're changing the frequency of exercise. You're changing the rep scheme. You're changing mm-hmm. the set scheme. You're changing the uh, the timing of the contractions. You're, mm-hmm. like, there's all these different variables that so many. Mm-hmm. people try once because they try a workout, oh, but they're not doing, you know, a uh, something that's going to actually show change because you're doing it consistently for, you know, six, mm-hmm. eight, 10 weeks, 12 weeks at a time, which mm-hmm. as we both know, it, it takes that amount of time before you start to see physiological change, you know, within the muscle fiber itself, like the, the cross-sectional size of a muscle fiber or strength aside from any neurological change mm-hmm. that, that doesn't take place until about six or eight weeks. Sure. And then, yeah. And then changes in soft tissue like tendons and ligaments, they take a little bit longer. And mm-hmm. then changes in uh, bone mineral density, they take even longer. Mm-hmm. So you have to look long term mm-hmm. if you want those things to change. And and you've got to be consistent. So I think mm-hmm. that's another area that's um, that's lacking in uh, when it comes to content that's available. So I think you should definitely mm-hmm. do that. You should get on yeah. it real quick before somebody else. Real does. quick. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, it's it's absolutely true. And it is it is so important to me. And again, um, I think that's what's allowed me to, you know, get stronger throughout the years, you know, maintain my own personal body weight and the fact that, you know, that consistency is the key driver, you know, so there's a lot of, um, you know, like you said, you can do a workout, but if you're not working on behavioral modifications throughout your day, throughout your weeks, throughout the years, you know, it's it's going to be really hard to stay consistent. So there's a huge mindset piece there. There's a huge behavior modification piece there that not a lot of people are are talking about. Um, so that would be, you know, one thing that I, I do differentiate from, you know, the the Instagram influencer is it is extremely important to me. And I know it'd be, we've spoken about it. You know, it's really important um, for us fitness professionals in the fitness industry to make sure that we're protecting the integrity of the fitness industry and not Mm -hmm. putting outlandish workouts or, you know, ridiculous claims out there because people want quick fixes. They want to be able to latch onto something. That's what, you know, that they want to get those things. So, it is really important to me to make sure that I'm protecting not only myself, but also the other uh, fellow fitness professionals in the industry. Um, yeah. So it is important to me to make sure that I'm putting out quality content, um, you know, still keeping it fun and, and exciting and things like that, but still being able to make sure, you know, I, you know, I, I still follow sound approaches, um, you know, right. even, and again, even though I'm not full-time in the fitness industry, I'm, I stay on top of my certifications because I'm putting myself out there as a, as a fitness professional. So I would never let that lapse. Um, mm-hmm. cause again, we need to be credible sources, uh, especially in the digital world. Uh, I mean, it, it's out there it. pretty much, pretty much for life. So yes, we got to make sure we're, we're putting out the right, the right content. Yeah. The claims we make, and the things that we say and do don't just disappear. Um, so I, it is extremely important. And people, mm-hmm. people want, you know, 
fast results or faster results, let's mm-hmm. say. And uh, it, it, you got to be careful about the claims that that are made. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, like, we're in it. That, we're in it for the long haul. Exactly. We really are, and that's what I tell my friends and family. You know, uh, it, it's an interesting approach, and obviously, you know. Um, it's an interesting approach, but, and I've actually never said this to anyone except a, a couple friends. Um, but when I look at myself, you know, uh, right over 30 years old, you know, I would love to live till a hundred, right? Like, like let's, let's be strong all the way up until, until a hundred <laughs> years old. Right. So when I look at life, you know, obviously we, you know, we can't plan exactly what's going to happen in our life, but I'm only 30. If I look at a scale of a hundred, like I still got, you know, 70 years in front of me, you know, God willing. Right. But there's life is, is too short yet. We still have, you know, a, a good amount of time to make these changes now and not look at it as though you need a, a quick fix. You mm-hmm. know, if I'm doing something right now, that's detrimental to my health or, um, you know, not, you know, I think as a woman, you know, I, I think of something like osteoporosis or osteopenia, and that's not something that I ever want to experience. So I have to start making the the changes right now. Yep. You know, I'm someone who loves treats and sweets, and I could bake all day long. But if I'm, uh, you know, consuming too much over time and over time, you know, I don't want to have something in 20 years that may, you know, bite me. <laughs> Bite me then. So I have to make those those lifestyle changes and decisions right now. What's going to fuel me for the long run? Not just the next six weeks, not just the next 12 weeks, even though those types of programs and, um, you know, small subsets of time can change people's lives. But mm-hmm. it's a matter of making sure that within the, those small time periods, we're making those behavior modifications, we're making those mindset shifts. So that way, again, you know, we talked about it the other day, if if I could have this much energy and look the way that I do in 30 years, 60 years, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing today, not mm-hmm. do anything extreme mm-hmm. um, for just a couple months that may be detrimental to my metabolism or to my joints or to something that my body just doesn't agree with. Yeah, no, I, I see it all the time, especially on Instagram with these uh, people who who at least claim to be uh, sport performance specialists where all the training that they're doing is is very flashy. It's mm-hmm. very extreme looking. And like, is it phenomenal that they can do that? And they're, rec- you know, they can record it and put it like, yes, I like watching it. Mm-hmm. I, I like seeing it. It's great. But uh a, very few people will be able to master that. So that's A. B, Absolutely. what's the carryover to sport? Probably not a lot. And C, how long are you going to be able to get, get benefit from doing that? Like in five years, can you still do that? If not, then maybe it wasn't worth doing in the first place. Maybe it's better to pick exercises stick with the fundamentals because you you can't get too good at squatting you can't get too good at hinging you can't get too good at pushing and pulling um you can't get too good at weighted carries like the the bread and butter you know the the sorry to to use this word it might be offensive to you but the meat and potatoes (laughs) (laughs) of training Um, i love it 
what's the what's the plant-based version of that mean potatoes uh legumes and <laughs> and, and, and tempeh <laughs> pea protein that's all sorry there. <laughs> i'm sorry i asked i regret it anyway you can't get too good at all of those things mm-hmm. so the more people we have promoting those things and building solid programming around those things and and uh you know teaching the the importance of those things the better off everyone's going to be you know in 30 years so mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and you know to transition from the fitness back to the food you know that was a another reason that i i wanted to become a little bit more relaxed around food so i wasn't so about food and obsessed with it you know I wanted to always enjoy the the way that you know the way that I eat so uh you know for me I I'm not strict vegetarian like I was before you know I I would say I I classify my eating habits as plant-based considering I you know I eat animal protein maybe twice a week or so at this point um and then you know again just you know like we talked about uh it's the the incorporation of all of the the grains, the beans, the fruits, and the vegetables. So again, finding something that you're going to be able to do long term and lead a sustainable lifestyle. So mm-hmm. again, box jumps every day for the next three years may not be great for your joints. You know, restricting mm-hmm. carbohydrates to 30 grams every day. Um, is probably not sustainable, you mm-hmm. know? So again, everyone has to find find the balance of, of what's going to work well for them. And I'm really thankful to have adopted the idea around, um, you know, a flexible eating plan, but eating foods that are going to fuel my body and make me feel, feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm still not diving into a, a carton of ice cream or anything. That probably would not be a good idea. Um, <laughs> and then again, going out and you know, running for an hour. I don't know if I could run an hour, but (laughs) here I am talking to a long distance runner. Um, I'm not doing that right now. Not anymore. Nope. (laughs) You won't find me doing that. Yeah. So, so you found your, your way that's gonna, you know, be able to fuel your, your body and your lifestyle for, for years to come, which, and that's another reason why I want to be in the space that I am, you know, putting myself out there online, you know, on a platform such as YouTube, because, I am so passionate about helping people find that flexible and balanced approach to living. You know, it it doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be so complicated and it doesn't have to feel like you're restricted all the time or you have to be, you know, on a cardio machine seven days a week to get to the weight that you want. You know, there's so Mm -hmm. many other avenues that you can take it that again, um, and, and that's something that I say in most of my workouts, Hey, you know, I may be grabbing a 10 pound dumbbell or 15 pound dumbbell, but dumbbell, but do what works for you. This is your workout. Make it your own. Every once Mm -hmm. in a while I'll say, Hey, the beauty of doing an online workout is you can just press pause. So if you need a little bit extra rest than 30 seconds of what I'm showing in my video, feel free to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I want you to feel good after you leave a session with me. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I cannot move. (laughs) You know, I I want you to feel energized and feeling good about yourself and feeling like, hey, I'm strong. I can do this. I want to come back tomorrow and and do another workout or I want to come back in two days and um, do another great workout. So that's how I, that's another way that I approach my program is, you know, how am I going to 
let these people feel good at the end of the session and that they, they can do it and they are empowered with, with what their bodies are capable of doing. That's awesome. Yeah. I think there's, there's enough people out there who, who are considered, you know, quote unquote, tough trainers who Mm -hmm. like to yell and who like to belittle and who like to say, you know, you're always going to look this way unless you change things. And it's like, a lot of people don't need to hear that. Like they need encouragement and they Mm -hmm. need to be reassured that like, okay, this is, this is going to get me to my goals Mm -hmm. and I need to keep doing that. But I, I may not like, I'm not a cookie cutter version of everybody else. And, and I might need a little extra rest or I might Mm -hmm. need, you know, this, this change or that change. And, uh, but I think that is nice because that gives them, something to look forward to. Like now they may have the goal set in mind, like, okay, I'm going to work as hard as I can Mm -hmm. until I get to the point where I don't need to take extra rest or where I don't have to check down and exercise and make it easier or, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people have different needs and to assume that everybody needs to be yelled at, I think is Mm -hmm. no bueno. So yeah, no, definitely not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell us how people can reach out to you if they have questions. How can they follow you um, on on YouTube, on Instagram, et cetera? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm always looking for, you know, to connect with new people that I can serve and share my resources with. So you can find me on YouTube. Uh, you can search All In Wellness, separate All In Wellness, or Kate Yahara. I'll pop right up. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Kate underscore all in wellness. I'm fairly active on my stories, at least several times a week. I post a couple times a week, usually about what I'm cooking or, you know, what I'm doing as far as fitness goes and, uh, you know, staying hydrated. That's a huge thing uh, as far as what what I like to talk about on Instagram, (laughs) on Facebook, for those who who are only still on Facebook now, um, you can find my my business page, All In Wellness with Kate. Uh, And then I do have a website, AIWcoach.com. There's a few recipes on there. It's not as robust as I would like it to be. So to your question earlier, something that I would like to build out a little bit more in 2020 is my recipe index. Uh, I have a few favorite people that I follow. I wouldn't say I'm a recipe developer, but usually I'll take a recipe and I will change at least two or three things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I do have a few recipes on there. You can find on my website, uh, AIWcoach.com, and I have a couple other resources um, that you can check out as well. I do have a four-week fitness calendar that I put together. Uh, it's based on, uh, you can find that on my website. Uh, it's a four-week fitness calendar that you can download, and then it's it's linked to my YouTube channel workouts, but it puts it in a way that um, – you know, makes sense. Uh, so there's three workouts per week and it it references 12 workouts on the channel, um, for a period of four weeks. So, uh, I've gotten a lot of, of good feedback on it. It's been really fun to see people from church or people who haven't seen in a really long time. They're like, Hey, I'm, you know, two weeks into your calendar and I'm feeling really great. So that's what fuels me to keep creating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely stop by. Would love to connect with, connect with you guys. Awesome. So uh, tell us a a little bit real quick about what you're learning or or focusing on uh, improving right now. Yeah. That could be Um, personally, uh, industry related. Sorry, didn't mean to jump back in there, but. 
No, no, that's a good clarification. So, you know, as we've, as we've talked, you know, over the past little bit, you know, managing a, um, a full-time corporate sales position with, you know, being a, a full-time mother as well, um, you know, with my partner as well, um, and then also wanting to create content and, you know, do it well. Uh, a big thing that I'm always learning and trying to hone in on is, is time management. You know, um, it's it's something that is ongoing for me. You know, how do I make sure that I'm using my time wisely? Um, mm-hmm. That's actually what allowed me to get the YouTube channel started. Uh, I was not willing to give up my, my weekends hanging out with my family uh, to film. So I actually squeezed in. Uh, I worked really closely at the, nearby my place at the time. And I would come home and film on my lunch break. And that's actually what uh, was allowed um, the bandwidth to be able to even create content, and then mm-hmm. after the little one would go to bed, I would I would edit my videos. Uh, so that's how I was able to manage it. So uh, always working on how can I make sure that I I give everything the appropriate amount of time um, while not feeling depleted at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm always um, you know trying to get better at is that time management. Uh, and then on the on the cooking side of things, uh, I'm learning a little bit more about baking yeasted gluten-free bread. Uh, mm. I, I, I made my first loaf a, a couple weeks ago and it actually turned out really well. Uh, so there's a great resource that I have, um, for gluten-free baking. Um, not just, you know, quick rise breads, like actual yeasted, you know, you've got to let it, you know, rise and all that jazz. So that's something that I'm, I'm learning on the side as well. So nice. that's fun. Cool. Um, yeah. Excellent. Well, um, to close out, thank you so much for your time up until now, but I've got yeah, one more, absolutely. one more question for you. Um, so for everybody who's watching and listening right now, what is a piece of advice, um, a quote, um, or just something that you think is really important for everyone to, to hear? Mm-hmm. So two things here, and this was um, shared with me, gosh, about 10 years ago, is, uh, you know, making the choice to become a better version of yourself every day. So what can I do differently today or what can I be doing more of to become a better version of myself? And then earlier this year, I started piecing mm-hmm. together some uh, you know, things that I've been learning through podcasts and books and, and through church sermons and things like that. But uh, I kind of compiled the, the four C's and applied them to fitness and longevity and health. Um, but the message I would I would share with anyone who's watching is um, be the, you know, know the four C's. So my four C's are that you are capable. You are capable of doing tough things. You are capable of changing your mindset, your behavior. Uh, you are capable of bigger things um, than you would imagine. Um, And in that, be confident, you know, be confident that you can make those changes, that you can um, make better decisions for your life, um, that you um, are just confident in yourself uh, as a person. Uh, And then within that, be consistent. So you've made your choices, you're confident that you can do it. And then like we've talked about a lot in this session here is be consistent, Uh, And then finally, within that, stay committed. So stay committed to the course, like we talked about a a little bit ago, you know, um, for me thinking, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, 70 more years, what else can I accomplish? You know, I've got to stay committed, 
stay the course and make sure that I'm making daily actions today that are going to fuel my tomorrow and my future and, and benefit my family. So remember the, the, the four C's, you're capable, be confident, be consistent and be commit and stay committed. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kate. This has been really fun to catch up. Yeah, and... it's so fun to catch up with you. Yes. So brings everybody... good back, brings good memories back. Yes. Peterville, Cooper Aerobics Center, Indiana, sure. all the good stuff. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. So everybody watching and listening, go check out Kate right now. And uh, if you have any questions for her, be sure to reach out to her. And yeah, come stay... work out with me. Yes. <laughs> Yes, go check out the channel and yep. and give her some feedback. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, we will Kevin. see A for sure. We will see everybody next week with the next episode. All right, y'all. Take care. See you guys. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you.